0: I don't know if you've been keeping up with TV or not, with the Masters Tournament, uh, the golf. It's been some really great shots, uh, you know, some hole-in-ones that I thought was extremely uh, good. But last night I saw the best one of all. This guy hit a hole-in-one, it bounced on the fringe, rolled back in the cup. He was doing this celebratory dance, running, 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 and his ankle literally went when he was doing a celebration dance. It was hilarious. So he reaches down, boop, and straightens it back up, pops it into place. It was amazing. Very funny. If you have not seen that chick, uh, that clip, go check it out. Uh, that was a highlight of golf for me. I don't watch golf much, but that was the highlight. But speaking of golf, I, I like to start with a story sometimes. I heard about this pastor. He decided to skip church one Sunday morning. And he was going to play golf with his, with, with, by himself, actually. He told him, his assistant, he wasn't feeling well. And so he went to a golf course in another city where nobody would know him. So he teed off on the first hole, and suddenly the wind picked up his ball and carried in an extra 100 yards, blew it right into the hole for a 420-yard hole in one. An angel looked at God and said, what did you do that for? God smiled and said, who's it going to (laughs) tell? But we had a great Easter service last week celebrating the cross of Christ, our King celebrating the empty tomb and the resurrection and we want to continue that today and say now what now that Jesus is crucified and has died and been raised and we have power what do we do with that information what do we do now what do we do next Uh, we sang all kinds of songs about the resurrected king and you know the empty grave and the power that raised Jesus from the dead and we're going to talk about some of that today But do we move on and forget the cross, the empty grave? Do we move on and forget the power? No, absolutely not. We have to continue that. We have to use it every day to inspire us, to motivate us, to encourage us, and to help us along our faith journey we call life. How many of you know that sometimes life stinks? There's some situations in our lives that get very difficult to handle, right? But the grace and the mercy of God doesn't stop on Easter. We can continue that year round, and so that's the encouraging uh, Jesus' death and resurrection was the beginning of a new era that would bring hope for all people. You know, this event started in Jerusalem, but it's brought the gospel to the entire world because of what Christ did on the cross. You know, the religious leaders thought they had him beat, right? And that's, that's the case a lot of times. Religious people think they have it figured out. But how many know that God's got a bigger plan? Yeah, we can make a list and we can make some rules, but that doesn't mean anything. Because the religious leaders thought they had removed the threat of Jesus, when in reality, they opened the way for the age of the church. And so it's really good, it's really encouraging and exciting that Jesus went against the grain of the system. He went away against the way of their, their living. He challenged the way they, were, did, they did things. But the good news is this, Jesus was crucified and was resurrected so that anyone who believes in Him and receives Him would have what? Eternal life. But not only eternal life, but John 10.10 says, I have come to give you life and life to the full or life abundant. So it's not just an okay life we have with Christ. It's an abundant life we have with Christ. It's a better life than without Christ. Amen? So after the resurrection, I'm sure the disciples and the followers were saying, Now what? What do we do now that that Jesus is gone? He's risen into heaven. He's not here with us anymore. Now what are we supposed to do? You ever had that happen? The boss kind of shows up, tells you what to do, and then leaves. Nobody's ever had that happen? (laughs) Boss says, all right, y'all go do some work. I'm going to leave you. Right? That's what happened. The disciples have been learning. They've been following Jesus. And then he disappears, and they say, hmm, what are we supposed to do? But how many know they didn't stay there long in that question sense? They started acting. They started working. So turn in your Bibles today to Luke chapter 24. We're going to be reading there. And if you don't have a Bible today, we have it on the screen. But they were asking the question, now what? What do we do? And Luke 24 verse 45 says this, Then He opened their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. To believe in Jesus' death and resurrection, we have to change who we are and how we live through His power. But the faith is not something we just say and and we profess, but it's a life we're called to live every single day. So now what? How do we live? Now that we've celebrated the resurrection, what do we do with that and the empty grave? How do we live? Well, the first thing today is this. We live in Christ. Everybody say, in Christ. Ephesians 1 3 says this praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every what? Spiritual blessing in Christ. If we stay in Christ, that means we live and act in the sphere of Jesus, basically. This easy way to say this is Christ has made available to us everything, and we have to live in that, but it's only available to us through. Christ. In Christ means Jesus is the center and the source of all blessings to us. When I think about this, uh, the sacrifice, the extension of Christ, I think about how blessed I am. How many know that we are blessed? If you've got a roof over your head, a car to drive, and water that's running, we're blessed more than 98% of the world. It's incredible how blessed we are as a nation, not only, but also as Christians, as Christ followers, and the blessings He has given to us. But the benefits of that is only if we live in Christ, and we when we live in Christ, we have a new identity. We no longer associate with our old self. Paul even talks about that quite a bit. The old man has passed away, and it's a new man. So our new identity doesn't belong to the slave, the flesh nature, but it belongs to Christ. The Bible teaches us to put on the full armor of God and be ready for the attacks of the enemy. How many of the attacks come daily? Sometimes. I always say hourly. The attacks come, right? And they're going to come. Jesus said in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So in Christ, we have victory. In Christ, we have the power of the resurrection. In Christ, we become a new creation. We become His child, His workmanship. And sometimes we don't always feel that way, though, right? We don't always feel spiritually blessed. Sometimes we can. life can get us down. But we wonder somehow, uh, if we miss out on the blessings, we don't want to miss out what Paul means by every spiritual blessing. Here's what Paul says about every spiritual blessing in Ephesians 3. Number one, we're chosen and adopted. He, He talks about this later in the chapter. We're not diving into that. I just wanted to briefly mention it. But you're chosen and adopted. You're redeemed. You're forgiven. You're enlightened and enriched because of the work in Christ Jesus. So you don't have to feel... All the time, like you're spiritually blessed, it's who you are. You are richly blessed. You are in Christ. You are adopted. You are in the family of God. You don't have to feel like it. You just are. And that's a good comfort to me is that when we have down days and when we have days or things that aren't going our way, then we can look back at the Scripture and say, in Christ I am a new creation. So not only do we have to live in Christ, but number two is this, we have to live... Everybody say, in power. In power. I'm not sure if there's many things today that we depend on that don't run on power. I mean, I was thinking about that. Maybe you could consider a toilet doesn't run on power if you kind of look at it that way. But then somewhere down the line, somewhere, somebody's got power running to the water lines and checking the meters and... And something like that. I mean, somewhere down the line, our whole world revolves around power. So if that's translatable, in in the old times, fire and and things that powered things were from fire and steam and and keep going water and and all those kinds of things, something has always powered it. And in the same way, our lives have to have power. How, How many know that a powerless life is a miserable life? If you don't have any power to overcome the enemy and his attacks, man, what, what in the world are you doing? That's tough. You've got to have power to make it through every day, every hour, every second. I rely on Christ a lot, and I know you do too. Luke 24 in the verse 49 says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay until you have been clothed with power from on high. I'm sure at the time they really had no clue what that meant. Jesus is saying, stay here until you receive power from on high. I mean, they kind of had an idea, but, man, when that, uh, the Holy Spirit fell, they had no clue, right? And then they were enlightened in that, and, man, they used that power. And we know that John uh, tells us about the comforter, the Paracletos, that comes alongside of and gives us comfort. It gives us a counselor. In fact, he says in 14, 16, John does, I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Counselor to be with you how long? Forever. Forever. The Spirit of truth. So the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our coach. And then the important thing that we're focused on today is our source of power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this. Now when the, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And what, what is the power that it gives us? Well, in the next verse it says, you will be my witnesses. So power gives us, the, the, uh, the Holy Spirit gives us power to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, you often uh, have heard me quote Romans eight eleven, which is, I think, one of my favorite verses in all Scripture. It says, The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives also inside of you, in your mortal bodies, it talks about. This is the power that we're talking about. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. So why do we walk around with our heads hung low and miserable and Negative, when we've been given the power of Christ. Jesus said, greater things than these you will do. Man, if we live like that every day, people would be healed. Battles would be won. They've already been won. But we have the power through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. Why are we scared of disease? Why are we fearful of death? If Christ has given us the power to overcome. Because we can see the power of God working in the miraculous in our lives. I don't know about you, but I have been desperate time and time again, and I have called out for a miracle. And there's nothing short of that that God has given me except that miracle. I have called out and said, God, I don't have another option. We don't have money. I don't know where the bills are going to be paid from. We're out of a job. I've said, Lord, this ankle is hurting. I can't do my training without it. Lord, my knee is hurting. I am desperate for you. I need your healing touch. And how many know that God has answered every single time? Every single time. Because we have that power through Christ, through the Spirit. Look, there's people out there that are hurting and broken that need that power from you transferred to them. And the only way they get that is for you to open up and share that power. We can see the miraculous in our lives through the power of Christ. So only have to live in Christ and live in power. But then the third point today is we have to live in the faith. How many know that faith is hard to have sometimes? Faith is hard to have sometimes. When you don't know the end result, the end point, it's very hard to trust in fact, actually, my dad really pokes fun of me all the time because I rely on GPS a lot. And I went back home, um, when was it, Friday, and we were in this town, and I didn't know where I was, and so I did a big circle. <laughs> and he waved his hand like, what are you doing out the window? And I'm like, I don't know, it's taking me this way. You know, it, it wasn't loading properly, It didn't ta- because I had faith that it was going to lead me in the right direction. Sometimes in our life we don't know where God has taken us. Have anybody been there? I'm I'm there now, right? We don't know where God is going to take us. We don't know where He's taken us, but goodness knows we have to have faith. And if we don't have anything, we have to keep our faith. Acts chapter two forty two says this: They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Listen to that. They had property. They had possessions. What did they do with it? They sold it to give to people who were in need. That's faith. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad. And sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Being a follower of Jesus is more than just saying a prayer or or confessing, professing faith. It's a choice to live out a relationship with Him every single day. Every single day, it's a choice to get up and follow Jesus Christ. I'm not sure about you, but again, I'm stretched every single day when I have to trust and have faith in the almighty power of God because there's things that I'm not smart enough to figure out, I'm not talented enough to do, and I have no clue about the next step in my life. But I have to have that faith because I'm always, I always know He is faithful. Even when I'm not faithful, He is faithful. You know, I mentioned uh, several months back about journaling about the faithfulness of God, and on my phone, if you go in my notes, you will see a list from the last probably three or four years it may go back five of things that God has miraculously done in our lives—miracles, healings, uh, provisions, uh, people we've come into contact with. This may sound weird. Emails that came through at the right time, phone calls that came through at the right time, doors that have opened at the time that only God could allow them to. Look, when we look back at the faithfulness of God, He's way more faithful than we are. I feel miserably every day. Amen. Do you? I do. And I'm thankful that I have that faith because we walk by what? The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. When we think about our human understanding and our human ability to process things, we don't have it. We can't figure it out. And that's the good news. We can live confidently knowing that God is working for our good. We have to have faith. God intended us to live so much more blessed than just to have eternal life and be done with it. Look, Jesus died on the cross, no doubt about that, for our eternal life. He paid a price for our sin, sacrifice. But the empty grave shows us that there is more to life than just the cross. It doesn't stop there. Jesus raised from the dead. He gives us the power, and we are asked to walk by faith. Romans 8.32 says this, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? We have to walk by faith We have to live by faith. Amen? The fourth point today is this. Not only do we have to live in Christ and live in the power, we have to live by faith, but the last point is this. We have to live on mission. Basically, we can forget what we were created to do. Sometimes we need a a kick in the pants, so to speak, right? Sometimes we need a reminder of what God planted us on this earth for. It's not just to sit back, gather an IRA, and be done with things. Okay? It's not just to sit back and watch the pastor go evangelize. Now, God's given each of us a mission, and according to Matthew 28, 18-20, we're supposed to what? Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And it's got a promise at the end of that. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus gives us the great commission, not the great... Suggestion, right? And if you know anything about commissions, it's an objective. It's a, a pass. It's a command. It's an objective, if you will, to keep going. We can't just be suggestive that we are supposed to win people over for Jesus. The Bible clearly tells us that we are to make disciples. We're to baptize them. We're to teach them everything He has commanded us in His Word. And He's going to give us a promise that He's going to be with us. He has made us agents, if you will, to the, to the world. We don't need to be a secret service agent, camouflaged, right? Not that kind of agent. We don't need to be back in the, in the, in the back scene. We need to be out on the forefront, if you will, not being boisterous and, and obnoxious and loud and things like that, but obviously doing the work of God that He has called us to do. I understand today that I have uh, had two words come up to mind in this last point, and this is this. Mission is different than ministry. Our mission is different than our ministry. How many know that sometimes your ministry might be playing guitar? Or leading through worship, or prayer, or prophecy, or things like that. But a mission is for everybody. Our mission is for everyone. You can come on up, Cindy. Our mission is not our ministry. Everyone here is called to the mission of reaching and teaching lost people. Everyone here is called to that same mission. But our mission involves two great privileges, working with God and representing God. How many of you know that's a big responsibility? I get nervous every time I'm I'm thinking about that. Man, I have to represent God. That's very challenging, and it's also a big uh, burden that we think. But we get to partner with God in the building of His kingdom. Paul even calls us what? Co-laborers. We are workers with God. God wants to accomplish some great things in Statesville. He wants to accomplish some great things in your family. He wants to accomplish some great things in your job and in your schools and wherever you go. I love the verse in Joshua 1.9. It says, be strong and courageous. Be not terrified for I am with you wherever you go. Man, we could take that to the whole world. Don't be dismayed. We have a mission to reach the lost for Christ. If we don't reach them, who's going to tell them? If the church won't step up and reach people for Jesus, who's going to do it? There's nobody left. You can't just go off what your grandmother and, and, and grandfather taught you. Look, my grandparents were great. They taught me a lot of things about the Bible, but I can't go on that i got to find it on my, my own. i got to search the Bible on my own. i got to tell people about Jesus on my own. Yes, they've modeled it to me. My dad now takes crosses everywhere he goes, talks about Jesus everywhere. Sometimes I'm like, are we really doing this right now? There's always time for ministry. You know, that's how we have to look at it. It's tough sometimes because we're rushed as a culture. We have things to do. We have things going on. But we have to make time for the cross we have to make time for our mission realize that there are hurting and broken people even this morning I talked to a lady here downtown she said y'all play music down here at this upper room I said yes ma'am we have church at 10 she said well I'm gonna come by but if I don't will you pray for me I said yes ma'am I will she walked on we have people right here that know they need Jesus we have to bring that to them we have to bring that to us. Would you stand today with me? Pastor Rick Warren says this, Your mission is so significant that Jesus repeated it five different times in five different ways in five different books of the Bible. It was as if He was saying, I really want you to understand. I read a statistic in, in one of my research papers several years ago this may be more or less accurate now but that 90 to 95% of Christians have never or will never share their faith will never or have never shared their faith and I want to encourage you today the most common misconception is that you don't know enough and that you're scared of rejection most people will open up and talk with you about Christ most people There's a few that you'll get that won't. But our mission is clear. We're to reach the community where we're planted. We're to reach the whole world for the cause of Jesus Christ. And God has equipped us and given us tools, given us power that we can do that let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word is living and active. The Bible even says it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It divides the thoughts and the attitudes of our hearts. So God, today, would you just begin to gently remove those thoughts, God, that are fearful. God, that we are inadequate. God, that our identity is not in you. God, today, we know that our identity is found in you. God, today, we thank you for this word. We thank you that we can live In Christ, God, that we can live in power, that we can live in faith, and that we can live on mission because of the great work of Jesus Christ on the cross. But not only on the cross, but the empty tomb that signifies the power that raised Jesus from the dead. And God, we take comfort to know today that that same power lives inside of us. So today, Lord, we thank you for that word today. And God, we also ask that you would inspire us and give us wisdom, give us strength, and God, give us an ear to hear your Holy Spirit when we're around people who need an encouraging word, when we're around people that need prayer or that need Jesus as Lord of their life. And so God, today we just ask that you would encourage each person here. God, if they don't know you as their personal Savior, I'm going to give just a second right now. If you don't know Jesus, the Bible says very clearly, If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10, 9, and 10. And we believe that. So right now, we are confessing that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Him from the dead. And for the rest of us who's already made that commitment, Jesus has given us a clear mission to reach our community, Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, and to the ends of the world for the good news of Christ. So God, empower us today to share the good news and to reach our community who is hurting and who are broken because they need Jesus. In your awesome, mighty name we pray. Everyone sit together. Amen. And before you leave, I just want to open the invitation. We always have prayer partners uh, that will pray with you if you have a need. I'll be here to pray with you if you have a need in your life. We'd love to offer that to you. Otherwise, we hope to see you back uh, next week. Lots of things going on, some good things. And please, if you don't forget before you leave, talk to me if you're able to help uh, with the painting project at the new building. But again, if you need prayer, we'll be here at the the altar or at the front, if you will, uh, available to pray with you. Have a great day.